It's the Skinny Podcast, only on Local12.com. Now, here's Richard Skinner, joined by Chad Brendel of BearcatJournal.com and Rick Roaring from MusketeerReport.com. Welcome into the podcast for this Friday. I'm Richard Skinner, Local12.com, digital sports columnist and editor, along with Chad Brendel from BearcatJournal.com and Rick Roaring from MusketeerReport.com. We'll touch on Rick's Omaha Steaks experience here in just a little bit because his begging and pleading has gotten him a reward. So we'll, we'll touch on that. We'll touch on uh, Kentucky's game with the LSU on Tuesday. Look ahead to the weekend. Of course, UC last night and Xavier last night with victories and then big games for both coming up this weekend. We'll uh, get on that in just a bit. But we are broadcasting tonight from inside BB&T Arena on the campus of Northern Kentucky University, where tonight NKU beat uh, Wisconsin Green Bay 69-67. Our pleasure to welcome in the head coach of NKU, John Brandon. John, congratulations on the win. You melted down a little bit up there, and your team kind of hung on tonight and, and showed some toughness. We did. You know, we're, we're the youngest, one of the youngest teams in the country, and they're 31st. one of the oldest. 31st in the country. 31st youngest team in the country. Yeah, knows they're, they're one of the oldest. So we learned a lot, Richard, from the last game, being up 15 and giving it away. We talked about it at halftime. The biggest thing I'm proud of is we talked about it being less than 13 terms. If we were less than 13, that was the watermark. It felt like we would win the game. They're 1-7 in seven coming into the game when they only forced 13 or less turnovers. We, we, uh, we held, or they forced us into 10. Excuse me. So that's what I was most proud. And at the end of the game, you guys saw every scenario in a coaching book. <laughs> you guys were trying to get out, the 13. Under out. Yeah, we were attempting to. <laughs> yeah, almost got the 13 in the last part of the part of the game. John, I got to ask you this because it comes up all the time on, on, on the podcast. Yep. You guys go 5 of 16 on free throws. Do you not get your guys to shoot free throws when they're tired in practice? Do you shoot free throws at the start see, of practice? Well, see, what happened do you was do that at the start of early in the season, Rick, shoot it when it's tired? Rick came up with this idea. The coaches should make guys shoot free throws when they're tired. Novel idea, John. Like, see, here's the thing. Back in the day when we were kids, our coaches would make us run sprints, and then we would shoot free throws. It simulated game situations. College coaches haven't figured that out yet. I've never done that. I tell you what, Billy (laughs) Billy Donovan was my college coach. Yeah. Okay, so I was there. I saw it. Defer to him a little bit. We rarely practice free throws. His thing was, you you get you get to get free throws on your own. Right, I like so that, actually. What we do in practice is we'll put some peer pressure on them. We'll put a group of guys up there, and you got to make 9 out of 12. It's a bonus. So if you miss one, it's like minus two. And then they got to get it on their own. And the comment that I made to the media tonight was, we viewed extra foul shooting this week as punishment. And when you do that, then you're not getting better. It's not constructive. So now I would imagine tomorrow it won't be viewed that way anymore. Exactly. After going 5 of 16. Well, just, you know, after they're running for a while and they're tired. Try it then. Yeah, Rick's, yeah, it's, it's uh, Rick's very progressive. He's passed that along to Coach Mack. I think he, he appreciated that. Hey, that. Coach Mack hasn't figured it out yet. Yeah, though, that's court the, the fans. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be, I'll be <laughs> sure when we go 16 for 17 to make sure that I say that we did Will that. you tell Chris that if you see him? <laughs> I know you guys don't talk ever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's talk about your basketball team as a whole, though. You went through that little stretching conference play where you lost three in a row, and it started with, with having the lead at Green Bay and, and, and losing, then losing in Milwaukee and followed up with, with, with a loss to, to Oakland. I mean, three – not bad losses, but they came in a row, one of them yeah. that you arguably had a win in the bag. What's it tell you about your guys that that, that didn't define where you were and where you were going to go? Because you've really bounced back nicely since that time. We really have. I, mean, I think it shows the character of this team. I think it shows the toughness. And, and I'm not, you know, I know you guys talk about coach speak all the time, but it's real. I mean, when you have a, a, a basketball character about you that you enjoy playing for your teammate and you play with a clear mind and you're actually playing for something more than yourself, then you have an opportunity to, to get through adversity. You know, if you go look at Florida's national championship team, I don't know if it, I think it was their first one, they lost like three straight in the SEC mm-hmm. at that point. And you're going to go through ups and downs in a season. We all are. 
and how you bounce back from those to get to where you're playing your best basketball, particularly for us being right now one bid league, playing your best basketball at the end of the year is what we shoot for. So we really, Richard, don't get caught up in the losing streaks or the winning streaks. It's really about where can we play by the time we get to March. And right now I feel like we're playing some of our better basketball. But, but I will tell you, though, kids being in human nature, you, you go through that stretch, they can hang their heads at times. They obviously didn't do that. They obviously came back in the gym and, and started reworking again. No question. And part of that has to do with the vet. You know, we don't have a lot of veterans. But the guys that have been back, I think, are good basketball players and intelligent basketball players. The Drew McDonald's, the Cole Murray's, the LeVon Hollins. And the thing about this team is we got guys that can take over games now offensively. So when you have that, you can kind of get through some of those streaks. So maybe maybe you do have a little bit of carryover into that fourth game, but you have somebody take over the game, and it kind of gives the momentum back to your team. Uh, I think we have a little bit of that going on. Co- Coach, how do you balance? I, I listened in your post game, and you talked about you felt at one point you were calling too many set plays. Mm-hmm. In 2017, I don't think we ever hear a coach say that. It seems like you guys always want more control of every possession. It seems like you feel very confident in your guys' ability to score just running through your offense. How do you balance that when you know you have talented players who know how to play the game versus wanting to have control over everything? It's the, it's the best challenge. It's the most exciting challenge as a coach, figuring out what the offensive game plan you're going to put together and what package you're going to put together based on what you have. So we have we have a flow offense and we have quick-hitting offense. And depending on who's in the game, we'll go to certain ones. And depending on the flow of the game, each game is different. I just felt like tonight we got a little stagnant within our sets. The biggest thing that happened was we substituted. When we brought in Carson Williams, Brandon Gillis, and Jeff Garrett, the game changed. But to speak to specifically what you're asking, we have a lot of sets. My assistants will tell you we have too many. Um, but I think it puts us in a position to have success when the flow game's not working. You've got to have both. Coach, Cole Murray's been around a long time, and, and he talked about, you, know, you weren't in here, but he talked about in his post game, staying focused one at a time, but also the opportunity for him to potentially win 20 games here when he got here in this process, the transition to D1 started seemed Mm -hmm. almost impossible. Is that, I know one game at a time, next opponent, always important. The coach speak you talk about that, that that you guys live. I mean, it's real, but getting this team to 20 wins, is that something at the beginning of the season when you sat down, you said, I really think we might have a shot at this or I'd like to get us there? No, I, I didn't put a ceiling on our team. Chad, I, I wanted to play our best basketball on March 3rd through the 7th, and I wanted to try to win every darn game we could. And I really haven't got into that. You know, I think we have an opportunity to continue to push forward and get better. And I, I, I don't want to have a fixed mindset with this team. I don't want this team to fixate on one specific thing. I want to be the process of getting better and enjoying getting better together because we're so young i feel like we have to be like that if we had five cole murrays you know we probably would have a different approach we don't so we got to keep it we got to keep our mindset as a different way you talked about different guys being able to take over um I think you played nine guys 15 minutes or more tonight. Four and, starters and double figures yeah. on the season. And it, and it does seem like it's different guys at different times. If I look at a box score from three weeks ago, it'll be two other guys leading yeah. you. If I look at a box score from last week, it'll be two other guys leading you. How, how good is that as a coach? I, mean, I know you like to have probably one or two guys. You go, all right, I can get a bucket from him anytime. But how good is it when you've got so many different ways to, to, to win? Richard, it's great because it's one of games. I mean, you know, Mason Faulkner coming in. LeVon Holland didn't play the last eight minutes at Wright State. Mason Faulkner took the game over. Tonight, Jeff Garrett coming in. It allows you as a coach 
to say, okay, he doesn't have it tonight. Let's put in the next guy. And it strengthened numbers, and it makes practice competitive. I tell you, I, I've, I've gone through it. We went through it in the SEC a little bit when I was at Alabama of just having thin rosters to where we didn't have enough to be able to get better in practice. Right. And right now we do. And that's carrying over to games right now. And, guys, I can't tell you from a coaching perspective and building a program how valuable it is to have depth in practice and if it can carry over into a game for exactly what you're talking about. You win against this Green Bay team. They just pop Valpo, I mean, who's supposed to be the top team in your conference a couple days ago. You guys can score as well as anyone in this conference. How much fun is this from your perspective, from the coaching perspective, going into this, going down the stretch, you're getting ready to head to the conference tournament, and you know you can play with anyone in this conference on any given night. I really feel that way, Rick, and I think our guys do. You know, being a new, new to the conference is only our second year. And for having such a young team, they didn't know what to expect. So I actually brought that to their attention after playing Wright State. We had played everybody in the league, some twice, but we played everybody. And you were number one in offensive efficiency yeah. at that point. And Big sabermetrics guy. Huge sabermetrics guy, yeah. And, and I told our guys, is there anybody that we can't compete with? You know, and, and they said, no, they felt like, you know, what we have in place is we can continue to get better. But to answer your question, this team is a lot of fun to coach. It's fun to be around every day. And, you know, I just want, I want to keep getting better. And the opportunity to get better tomorrow leading into Saturday would be pretty important. You're new to this league two years. Not only the program is, but you are as well. How good is it? How, how tough is this league seeing it up front yeah. for a season and then now, you know, trying to, to get to the well, top Well, I've been of at it. the mid-major leagues. I was in the CA when we were at, uh, when, when, when VCU and Drex when George Mason you were, were making you were Final the conference Four player of the year in the mid-major leagues. So. Yeah, so I've seen mid-major <laughs> leagues. Um, but I think this league, first of all, the coaching's phenomenal. Yeah. And there's some great coaches in this league. There's pros in this league. And there's different styles of play that challenge you as a coach every single game. I mean, we tonight go from you tonight the fastest team in the country. and we play a team that wants to control absolute possessions who's got a coach who's doing a phenomenal job. So for me, it keeps me up at night because it yeah. challenges you. Uh, this league is, is extremely be this tough. I anticipated it just because I knew the coaches in the yeah. league, but I had no idea how physical it would be and how big and strong this league would be. John, we appreciate the time. I know you got a quick turnaround because you got Milwaukee on uh, on Saturday. And uh, again, just remember, get your guys tired and then have them shoot with us. Okay? <laughs> just if you take anything else from this podcast, it's <laughs> a skinny podcast, podcast away, man. We'll work on it tomorrow. Okay. I appreciate guys. Thanks for coming here tonight. Oh, thank you for having us. Wait, before we let him go, I got one one more question for him, Coach. John, John, wait. He gone. He gone. He gone. Drop the mic and gone. He wants no, wants no part of the question. <laughs> he wants no part of the question. Well, we we're, here, we're going to talk about it. We are here in BB&T Arena broadcasting tonight, the podcast after NKU beat Green Bay. And it is the home of NKU Norse basketball, but it, it does sound like it is going to be as well, at least the one-year home for UC in the 2017-2018 season. It's not official yet, but it's it's darn close. Maybe tomorrow, today, yeah, today if, you're if you're listening to this Friday, on Friday. Right. Um, I would expect something at the latest, Monday, Tuesday, next week. Um Here's here's what I know in terms of what UC is dealing with in making this decision. And it, it, the people that, that know me know this is something I've been following closely for months. And, and we've talked about it since we started this podcast. Yeah. They're dealing with a large six-figure difference in what it'll cost. And it's, I hate this, it's, it's, huge, it's, it's huge. It's that simple. It's it is. just it really under a million dollars. Where does that – you wonder where that comes from. One, you're not going to sell the suites in U.S. Bank Arena. They are literally at the top of the arena. They're terrible for basketball. At they're, the very were, top were, of the arena. They were great for hockey back in the day. And I, I didn't know this until recently. And yeah. for Rockers football. I didn't know this until recently. Did you know those club seats in U.S. Bank Arena 
are sold lifetime. Really? How are the jungle cats doing? They, they didn't. They, <laughs> they didn't. They didn't make it. No. He didn't make it. Um, they're, they're sold lifetime. Like you, but you the see, steam. Was the steam in that, that arena? Can we have a serious I'm freaking sorry. conversation here? You jerk off. Was the steam? What? It's it? Dollar yeah. beer night. Yeah, yeah, sorry. I know. I know. Good. But those seats are sold. UC has no control over the club seats. They can't sell them if they went to U.S. Bank Arena. Yeah, so there's negative dollars there. There's no parking. Yeah. They sell RC Cola. I like tab, but keep going. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> there, and there's a lot. There's a lot of reasons, and, and a lot of it goes back to one. It is. It's it's damn near a million dollar difference. Yeah, and you have to. I hate to say it, you have to look at that. You have an athletic department budget that is very much in the red. That you were hoping the Big Twelve was going to bail. If you're you in the Big Twelve, and then yes, then maybe you make that decision because you know the money's going to flow in again. But for now, you got to count every penny. And yeah. there's also this factor of everyone acting like U.S. Bank isn't the biggest dump in our city, right? And BBNT Arena isn't one of the nicest. It's basketball. awesome. It, it, it's it a is. great arena. It's perfect. Look, the only thing I can tell you is, let's just say, and I can't even bring, I can't even bring up an opponent that I would say you, you, you're going to sell out BBNT Arena to the point where it'd be overflow and go. We've got to go downtown because we're going to get fifteen thousand for this game. I, I just, I know, and that's not a knock on UC. I just well, don't see that happening. For, from what I know, I don't think they're planning to schedule that way. I don't. Think no, I don't they're... think they are either. And I, I, yeah, just, just. Hey, look, if you, whenever you get here, let's if, move the chains this it's, year. It's going to feel great if you get seventy five hundred for a. UCF game. It's we were, real there great. Were perfect. They, UC can schedule their normal non-conference schedule, and everyone will be happy. Exactly. I'm going to hit exactly him with this right. stupid microphone. Legitimate point. Tell me I'm wrong. No, you're not so, wrong. But, but seriously, there was, what, 1,500, 2,000 here tonight? Yeah, it, it, was, it, it, it was a three-point game with a minute left, Good and atmosphere. it was loud. Good atmosphere. I mean, I think people, once they step foot in here, yeah. I think they're going to really, well, really, really like it. They have to take off the collars first because, you know, if you get on one of those bridges, <laughs> yeah, you get jolted. And there's, it, it, there's, there's a pain involved. So you've got to get that. Maybe that's the biggest the biggest drawback is there's not enough people. They can't collars. travel the moat. Can't yeah. travel the moat. Yeah. <laughs> Crocodiles will get them. Well, for the Cincinnati people, it's the Ohio River. For the Kentucky people, it, it's the licking, right? That's I mean, there's, there's, a, there's a big divide between there, there the, really is, the actually. Kenton and the, Alli- the, uh, Campbell, the Campbell County. There, yeah. there really is. Well, but, the, the one thing that will be, I think you'll see an increase. It'll hurt, I think, some of the West Siders and the people in the northern suburbs. It's such a long, it's, it's so a so it's much farther to make it here. Uh, but I think you'll see a huge increase from the east side. Oh, it's the easiest trip ever for the east side. Absolutely. From, from, Anderson from Anderson and park, 15 minutes. Yeah. Parking's Milford, easier. Anderson, yeah. 275, you're off the expressway. And, 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 I, and, I, and I think this is, and we talked about, this is also a win to some degree for NKU, and you're yeah. asking how. Well, there's twofold. They're going to play UC. Let's face it. I mean, if, if they don't make that part of the deal, that's just They're silly. the dumbest negotiators yeah, in the history so, of so negotiators. So you know that's going to be part of the deal. The other one is, and this is something you actually brought up, and but it, it's the easiest point to make. You're going to have people sample this arena and go, damn, it's pretty nice. Yeah. Huh. You know what I've heard you know a lot what? of? I, I may come back, come back for an NKU game. It may be one game, but it's, it's a segment of the population you have never hit, have never had a chance to hit. I've heard a lot of northern Kentucky people. That are that are you know not UC fans, but there's but a pocket of them. Po- there's people that have interest in the program Absolutely. that that don't want to go to Clifton, no whatever, and that have said, "I'm going to be at four or five games at BB&T Arena next year to see this team play." And you know what? They might get a top ten team right that, yeah. in the year next year. Right. Well, the other thing I've been hearing from, and this won't happen, obviously with UC here, it'll be bigger, it'll be busier, it'll be louder, so it'll change. But I've heard from some of the Xavier people that are bringing their little kids over here because it's a little bit less of an atmosphere. Sure. It's a little bit easier. Yep. They don't get as you know shaken up by the, by all the crowd noise, and it, they love it. They love coming over here for games. So I think I love coming here for. Games. I, I think UC fans will like it a lot. That being said, once they get I, here, right, I get some of the 
Well, first so. off, if you say you're not going to come, well, that, that's just it, that's it, on you. It, you're, it, one, you're an idiot. You're an idiot because if this is going to be the team that everybody says it's going to be, and it certainly on paper has that's a chance to going. be, exactly. I mean, so I'm not going to go watch a top ten team potentially, um, especially if it plays a like a top arena, ten. My team, favorite team in a great arena for an extra ten minute drive. Then that's just you're just being Stupid. silly. Yeah, so. you're being stubborn. You're being whatever. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about UC's win over UCF. Um, kind of workmanlike enough to, to get the victory. Not aesthetically pleasing, but with SMU looming, all you needed to get out of that was a win. Yeah. I mean, dude, it's they're top five in the country in two point in field goal percentage defense. It, they are incredibly hard to score on because Taco Fall he is just stands by the rim. A freak of a human being, like. Seven foot six. It's unbelievable and to well, see what, it in he, person. His span goes what four inches above the rim. He hops and dunks. Yes, like, correct. I like the one dunk he had from under the basket though, where it looked like he actually curled his legs up from underneath. It. He it did. Was, it was it was bizarre to watch a man <laughs> that size try to he's, he's accomplish just something a giant. athletic. It is. He's a, look. Kyle Washington is six nine, six ten. And gets dwarfed. He came up to like the well, middle, the, of, the middle of, of his think, neck. Think about a high school kid who's a five nine kid, which is a normal high school player guarding a six six post guy. That's what that's that's, that's what he's that's giving what it away. Is. Yeah, exactly. Which Except it's a six nine guy guarding a seven, seven foot six, six monster. It's crazy. Um, the, like I said when we talked about this game, I wasn't worried, and they shot terribly. Like they took good shots, they took open yeah, shots, right. and they didn't shoot well. Yeah. They still were able to win fairly comfortably. They never trailed. I think UCF got it to five at one point in time, but it was never really right. in question. I worry about the game down there because that thing could be because they can ugly it up. Forty-five, yeah. forty-three. Isn't it crazy that this is what a bad UC offense performance sixty points? Like? Yeah, like that used to be a good offensive outlet. That, that used to be a good night for <laughs> it. Used guys. to be a stat if they get to sixty, 60 right? They what's, win. Their rec- what's their record? It used yeah. to be a stat exactly. And now we're like, man, they really didn't have it offensively, but they gutted out a win, sixty to fifty. Right. But, but it is interesting. So you have Gary Clark and Troy Copain who don't make shots in this game. Jacob shot it a little bit better. But, but it, 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 it's kind of what we talked to John Brandon about. It's, it is different guys on different nights getting it done for you. Kevin and Johnson, it, and three of five from three. The good part is it's not just one guy because one guy ain't going to do it. It's, it's at least three, though, that are, that are giving you something offensively. And it, imagine on a night, and this isn't going to happen because no team has this happen. If, if you get four hit. or five or five yeah. or five yeah, hitting it at one time. More so than their offense, though, I think this was a game where it shows there's still that group of dudes who, when you make it ugly and you want to out-tough us, it ain't going to happen. That's their DNA. You're not going to out-tough them. That's who they are. You're not going to grind it out, slow it down, and beat UC at that game very often. And I think that's what this showed, is that they can still win that style just as easily as they can win when they start pushing the pace and playing well off. How'd you like Taco's line, though? 14-11, 7 of 7 from the field. He had five dunks and two last night. So I want to hear, what do you guys think about him as an NBA guy? Do you think he has a chance? I don't know. They would stretch him. He would get pulled from the rim. That's the thing. I was going to say, the thing that you look at, you assume he's not athletic He's seven six guys. Pretty damn athletic for a seven yeah, six dude. Seven six guys shouldn't be able to to get up and down the floor. He's not a he's, he gets up and down the floor fine. He actually is fairly athletic, and his hands are great. He would be yeah. a specialty guy that you'd have to say, all right, we're up we're up a bucket, and we need somebody to protect the rim. That's that's what we need. But, I, 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 I don't, but I don't think you use him ever in the NBA as a guy who's going to be a defensive specialist because he doesn't help you defensively in the NBA. Like the guys are too I mean, good one on one. You're right. I mean, and, and they, they drag. You're right that they drag him away. I, so I, I, I don't know where he fit. Where Kyle Washington drug him away the first three possessions right. of the game, hit two or three threes. Correct. Like, That's the exact thing. And no offense, Kyle's not a, a, a knockdown NBA-level three-point shooter. No, better than I thought he was yes, going to yeah, be. Yeah, but he's not an NBA-level. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I've talked to a few scouts now about Taco Fall, and last night I had kind of a long conversation about, like, how do you see this playing out? 
the NBA guys don't know. They have no Nobody idea. knows. Because they, they, he doesn't fit what, they're, what everyone no. is doing now. You, you go but back, they say he's good enough. Well, right. You go back to Yao Ming, who was a freakish size, but he was a low post guy. You go back to Manute Bowl, who actually shot threes for whatever reason. and was a He was a transcendent shot blocker. No, T.C. Mobile. In, in a different era, too, where you had a lot of back-to-the-basket centers that he needed to guard and at least protect the rim. That's where there's not guys like this any longer in the league. He doesn't know anything about Bowl Bowl. I don't know anything yeah, about Bowl Manute Bowl. Manute son. Bowl Bowl. Bowl Bowl? I like it. 6'11", six, six shoots threes. Stands out on the perimeter. What if Bowl Bowl smoked the bowl? <laughs> I'm just asking. I'm just asking. I have nowhere to go with that no. without incriminating myself. <laughs> Absolutely, Absolutely I'm just asking. not. That's why I threw it out there. Uh, let's talk about Sunday's game at SMU. It is the. It is the war. It, it it has a chance to be a 52-50 bloodbath. Absolutely, it really and truly does. I, I don't think SMU has allowed anybody over sixty or fifty-five right. points in or six. They haven't allowed anybody over sixty-five points in two months. 17 games. Did you, what did you see? Have 66 or 64? 64. 64, okay. So 65 is the magic yeah, number. Yeah. And they've won They've won 16 of 17. And, well, they're playing right now, and actually. You, yeah, and, and they're up, they, they were up as we were speaking pretty pretty handily against Temple. And UC's offense has not traveled very well. Let's face facts. They've struggled to make shots on the road. Yeah. But, the, I mean, this is the game we've been waiting for. Because the rest of the games were like this UCF game where it was like, who really if they cares? play terrible, they could lose, but, but they but it, shouldn't. Yeah, and it's who really cares how UC plays in that game. As long as they win it, that's all that matters. Yep. They've done that to this point. So now this is the the first game really since the shootout that we look at and we go, here we go. This means something again. This is a chance for UC to really cement themselves. I think they're going to come ready to play. I don't, I, I don't think this SMU team beats UC when they're at their best. I, I don't think so either, and I think when you get down the stretch, what we haven't seen from SMU really is the ability to close games because they've been up so big. I, mean, I just don't really – they don't shoot guard. And that's, and that's what I was going to get to. But if you get into a three-point game with three minutes left, they don't have a point guard. Semi Ojale like, is their guy. Yeah, and he's Shake Milton guy. is right behind him. He's really good one-on-one But he's not a point guard. He's not a distributor. He's not a facilitator. So I – I was fairly – I had it as a loss in my brain well, leading mean, up to it. And that's being fair. I mean, it's, it's on the road against a really good team. But the more I think about it, I, I think they're going to tough it out. I, think. I, I do too. I think UC is going to win this uh, game. I, I'm probably jumping ahead here just a little bit. If they do tough it out, and we talked about there's still a chance to stumble somewhere before the end of the year, though. At UCF. Yeah, at, but there's uh, that chance. I think they lose – if they win this game, I think they lose one more, and it's it doesn't matter who it's and, and the key thing is they may not either. So – this win could still put them in line to maybe get to the two seed when it's all said and done. It really with, might. With everything with, with that's happening happen. around the country, it could. I mean, I still would – gun to my head, I would say three. I would, too. But I if they win out – I think there are three on Saturday. When they when they reveal the thing I, on Saturday, I think, I think there are three on either Saturday. Either the first four or the last three is where I think – isn't this great? We hated that they were doing the announcement, but now we're getting there. Like it's like, it. yeah. can't wait to see where UC is going to be. <laughs> because it's, it's actually pertinent <laughs> yeah. now. That's the funny part. Um, it's pertinent for us especially. Let, let's see. What's, what's the math on it? They've got seven left. So currently, according to be on a 22-game winning streak going into the conference tournament. Currently, according to the bracket matrix, which yeah, basically takes all the brackets, which I love, it's, it is the consensus of it. They're the fourth number four seed yes. ahead of the SMU game, which feels about right. But the brackets revealed tomorrow, and they don't play until Sunday. So, so that might change things for the announcement. But in terms of what happens after that SMU game, they win the SMU game, fourth, third seed. I think that seems reasonable. I think that's fair with a yeah. chance to play your way if you run the table out and any, uh, other things happen to other teams. I mean, but they, they go up in, to the bottom. Let's, let's say they win Sunday and they they yeah. run the table and they win the, the, the conference I tournament. I think it'd be hard to keep them out. of the They would be on a twenty-five game winning streak. 
with with losses at Butler, which is going to be an NCAA and Rhode team. Island neutral, but thirty minutes from and, their campus. And look, I'm going to point to every team in the country has something like that on their. Well, on Rhode their Island is a solid team. Yeah, you They've know, had but injuries. But and what I'm saying, you, they haven't been as good I as we thought. I can point to everybody yeah. in the country and find a game where it's like yeah. that, was a, that was an okay yeah. loss. I can I can live with that. But yeah, I I think it'd be hard not to put them in that line. Those teams like right ahead of UC. If we're talking that two three seed line, Kentucky. so you've got you've got your Villanova, Kansas, Gonzaga, Baylor, North Carolina, and I think all those teams are pretty solidified ahead of UC. But after that, Carolina it gets just into lost, but to Duke, but yeah, but but right. I still think North Carolina yeah. is going to be ahead of UC in the seeding. Louisville, I think Florida State, Oregon, Arizona, Virginia, Kentucky, Wisconsin, Florida, West Virginia, UCLA are the rest of the teams ahead of them. Any of hey, those several teams absolutely. could slip. Could be very fluid because there's so many losses left on those teams' yeah. schedule. And after this SMU game. What loss is left for UC, honestly? Like, yeah, maybe one I, happens, but it's not. They're, they're favored in every game, I would tell you that. At UCF and at UConn. Correct, but they're still favored. They're favored. Um, they play Houston at home. Got Memphis. They got Memphis. That one could be a yeah. little tricky. Memphis has been playing yep. quite a bit better lately. They just beat Tulsa by 20. Um, the thing that I've always said with Memphis that makes them dangerous is they've got the best player in the conference in Deidre Clawson. Um, so, man, it... it if they get through that thing, though, there's going to be a ton of pressure for them to go undefeated that starts to build or to go to oh, run yeah. the table. Yeah, and, and there is some pressure there, no, no doubt about it. Hey, here's a here's a, a irony for you. I like irony. Last time, like Lance Morissette. I like Lance Morissette. Not really irony, not though. Not current Lance Morissette. Back decade ago, Lance Morissette. Do you Morissette. like irony? No, not that. More, yeah, yeah, that's it's not her song wasn't really that yeah. ironic. It was not. What did you think? I don't think. It was more coincidental. It's like rain? Yeah. Coincidental is a good word. <laughs> yeah. Wow, we get off track sometimes bad. Last time Cincinnati was 22-2 and two and on a 15-game losing streak. Or 15-game winning streak. I say losing streak. I could go back to Tony H here. That would be pretty easy for me. <laughs> go back to Mick the first year in the Big East. No, I think Mick survived. He didn't get the 15. He was 2-16, 2-14. Two and, two and yeah, but I think they split 14, it up yeah. enough to where it wasn't 15 in a row. Shout out to Connor Barwin. I'll go, I, I guess I'll have to go back to the Kenyan team. Nope. 22-2, hmm. and 15-game winning streak. The way you're phrasing, I'm going back to Oscar. I'm going back, I'm going back to Oscar. SK's team. Okay, SK's team. Guess what was the 16th game? SMU? At SMU, Ooh. the opening of Moody Coliseum, and SMU won by 100. Yeah, but there's one difference. Larry Brown was coaching then. Yeah. Yeah. if it's pretty good. Oh, no, yeah, is. but Larry Brown cheats. That's the difference. Yeah, there's the difference. That's a good point. That's a good point. That's uh, a lot of UC talk there. Let's yeah. segue into Xavier, but as we do, we, we have to touch on, on your Omaha Steaks get, my friend, as you begged and pleaded and went to social media. and I didn't, I didn't do anything. They came through for you, didn't they? Yeah. You, you don't have to give. You don't have to give what you got if you don't want to. I just want to let no, people understand. No, there's just a lot of meat. There's a, a lot, lot of meat. meat. Rick got Coming a lot of to meat. my doorstep. What's the time frame? Do you know? The, like Monday. That's just. It's awesome. going to be here in a frozen cooler. Just, um, just know the power of social media and just, cooler. just dropping, dropping names. He's just literally like, thinking yeah. about like just becoming a social media whore. I, I, I really am. First of all, that's correct. That is not a lie. We talked about that at Applebee's over PBRs. And second of all, I <laughs> I disappoint me. I slang meat better than anyone in the tri-state area. Oh, there's That's no every, and everyone knows that. Yeah, everyone I think knows that's that. been clear. And again, this this also proves your love of Creighton and Omaha. I mean, I that, think it does. that much is. Clear I mean, too. you are Omaha to the core. Last night, if we want to go on to the Xavier side of things, yes, that's where we're going. I go was next. drinking. And D'Artagnan's deck, which is up at the top of the. You actually center. put together. I, I got to give in, some credit, in, Chris. You put together a nice time lapse video from that. His phone does Paul, that automatically. In a DePaul good, jersey. In a DePaul jersey with with boring Custom. boring sixty nine on the back. Custom. I saw that. I saw you unveil that. That That's was great. that was very nice. Yeah, very nice. So there you go. There it is. All right, let's touch on that game very. So you quickly. love Chicago too. 
Well, he tried. He tried to get. He tried to get pizza. We got. We got no juice from Nothing. from Giordano's. Giordano's was not feeling the skinny podcast. No. Well, no. Not, not all of them. No free advertising. I, oh, I'll edit that part out. We're not yeah. mentioning yeah. them yeah. anymore. Yeah. Whatever. That, a pizza company. Pizza company. Should got. be named later. Deal yeah. with them. Yeah. They didn't come through. Um, let's touch on that game. You, you were a little worried about it. I really wasn't, and it played out kind of the way you were worried about it. Well, just because here's the thing, DePaul has played Butler close. They've played Villanova close. They've done that on the road. They have two players, two guards who control the ball and are individually incredible one-on-one players. Made some plays. Made some plays from time to time. So they're a scary team to face. And the fact of the matter is, Xavier's not overly talented right now. They're not going to overwhelm any Big East team with their current personnel. And they're in a situation where a loss to DePaul is the only thing that drags them down to the bubble. Correct. Absolutely. If they avoid a loss to DePaul, there's really no way they don't get in that large bid now. So that's why that was a very concerning game, I think, if you're a Xavier fan. And the fact that Xavier really controlled throughout the game, despite it getting a little hairy at times but and maybe not being as comfortable as you would have liked, I thought it was a very solid performance. Agreed. I, yeah, I don't disagree. I mean, especially about the 13-minute mark of the second half yeah. when they started getting some stops and really started to create some distance. The fact that they were never down by five in right. the second half right. meant that it was a solid performance, right. in my opinion. Talk about the two inside guys. Last time was Tyreek Jones, and he was part of what happened on, on, uh, on Wednesday night. Uh, he and Gaston combined for 41 minutes, combined to make nine of 12 shots from the field and score 22 points and grab nine rebounds. That's literally one player again. I don't know if this is going to con- – the consistency will be there, but it feels like it's – starting to get there at least as a, as a group. And the last game was really more Tyreek than anything else, but it feels like it, you're at least starting to get something from the five spot. I think they've found a nice rhythm with Tyreek being that energy guy, that toughness guy, that rebounding guy. He gives you a little spark offensively, which I never necessarily expected from Tyreek. And then Rashid is really solid defensively when he's coming in. And he gave them an offensive – he gave them some offensive production in the DePaul game. That was mostly a result – of DePaul going zone and Quentin Gooden being fantastic in the middle of that zone, dropping dimes to him eight, for eight, easy layups and yeah, dunks. Yeah, eight assists. Um, he, he now is – it's all. it hasn't made you forget Edmund Sumner, but he certainly has now made you go, he can get this done. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the thing about Quentin is it's not that he's spectacular. It's not that he's Edmund Sumner. It's that he's really solid and doing all the things that people had questions about. And now it's a matter of can he finish when he gets in the lane – can he make and, that, and he hasn't yet. That's the thing. He has not done that yet. No, that's his biggest yeah. struggle is he hasn't finished around the rim. But, again, we talked about this on the last podcast. That's the least of the concerns with Edmund. About that. Yeah, like I don't worry about whether Edmund in the future will be able to finish at the rim. You mean Quentin. Yes, excuse me. Sorry, Quentin Gooden. Dollar beer night. Yeah, yeah, dollar beer night. starting to kick in. Yeah, it, it, it really is. Um, it's, not, it's not while you're having the dollar beers. It's 45 minutes it, after you it, stop. your body absorbs. When the, you yeah. didn't eat Adriatica's. Right. Uh, we're not giving free advertisements. Yeah, but if you're you not doing? eating the best pizza in town. And we, we, I, if we can get them on board, we buddy. actually, I'm. A, you know I'm, what? I'm down. That's what I just Adriatico's, said. We like Adriatico's, you. best pizza, free in advertising, town. best yeah. pizza in town. Absolutely. Brendel said it on the last podcast. I had it last night. It's amazing. We have it sometimes at Channel Twelve. It's, it's really, good. really, really good. It's, Do you know the secret? Did I tell you the secret? Uh, go ahead and tell me the secret. Do you know how it's got a little spicy? The sauce. Yes. You know what it is? I don't know. Banana pepper juice. Banana pepper juice. A little tang, a little pepperoncini juice in that. There sauce. we go. While they're making the sauce, they Drop put it. banana I pepper like juice in there. How about that? Little cooking tip for how you. About, how about Quentin Gooden? <laughs> how about how about Quentin Gooden eating Adriatico's pizza? Oh no, they they serve a bear cat. He's not yeah, that's allowed true. to do that's that. Good point. I, I guarantee you, Quentin Gooden can put down some food though. That dude is two hundred and five pounds of just pure muscle. He has to carb load before games. No doubt. Omaha steaks. <laughs> Those are my guys. Those are my guys go, go, right there. Go, go back I've got ribs coming. 
I've got filet mignons coming. Man, you... I've got New York strips coming. And the best part is, here's the coming. best part. You don't know how to cook it. I can't cook any of it. <laughs> That's the best part. We're doing part. a skinny drilling with podcast Yeah, edition. we're going to have to come up with something. We we'll yeah. have to come up. With, I, the best, that's the best part. You can't cook it. That is the prime. The prime recipe. Can't cook, grill. Right? The, yeah. I, well, no, I can grill. I. I just. I'd rather not trust myself with fine meats. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> Say what you will. It's 2017. Be careful. Let's just move on to the Villanova game on Saturday. Um, it's going to be a good atmosphere. It is going to be a good atmosphere. Uh, obviously, you know Xavier got him at home last year, so it, it is doable. This is uh, this is a very good team, but re- really, you don't you put yourself in a position to where th- this is more of a a you can't. It's really what the lose. hell? Let's go. Yeah, it, exactly, exactly. As opposed to, damn, we got to have this win right. because we boxed ourselves into a bad corner. And I think that's the difference between feeling like they've got no shot or, hey, they, they might. Because, like, there's no pressure in this game. Correct. You lose it, it, it is what it is. You kind of expect that already. They're arguably, the, I yeah. think they've proven to be the best team in the country now. Yeah, it really doesn't matter. But Xavier's in the spot now where I think they have a little more confidence than they did two weeks ago. They have nothing to lose. They they probably think they're good enough because, let's be honest, Trayvon thinks he's good enough. JP thinks he's good enough to beat these guys. JP did it last year against them. You know, He was the star in that game. So I think Xavier feels good about this game. I think they're in the right spot to pull the upset. I don't expect it to happen. I was going to say, what, what needs to happen to, to get the upset? That's the biggest part because when you look Quite at Villanova, I, I don't know what you say you can take away. Quite honestly, I think Trayvon needs – uh, cross uh, shootout performance. Yeah. It's not 40 points, but he needs to be unconscious. He needs to be great. He needs to score 30. Like, he needs to go off. And I JP think. doesn't need to be stupid. All right, that's a good He, he I'm needs sorry. to take He's care of the be ball. JP. Yeah. Hey, well, Jonathan Point Makira averaged, or, well, not averaged, he had five assists in the last game. I, I'm, I'm happy for that. In the first half. So he, he was distributing. He had five turnovers as well, but. Yes. But <laughs> That's neither here Coach, Coach Skinny. Minus. Coach Skinny has Equals a problem with that. zero. He's the ultimate how many, plus How many charges did he take? No, not a chance. Not enough. Not a chance. <laughs> There's not a chance. Not a chance whatsoever. Um... But when you look at this Villanova team, there really isn't. There's there's no weakness. There's nothing They're you fantastic. say. You take this away, you got a and shot. Dudes, they keep getting better. Yeah, that's the that's the thing that buys like the the Vincenzo, the big r- pasta guy coming off. He got the, the guy. He got the, the big ragu. Got the yeah, tip the into big ragu. The the Arch Junior. That guy is good. And right. Bridges, it's frustrating. Kid, Mikhail Bridges is getting a lot better. Mikhail Bridges was really, really good. Yeah, last but he's year getting a, a lot better. And now he's a really good basketball player. He was yeah. really talented last year. Now he's a really good basketball player. Um, the only thing about this Villanova team, and it's a good thing for Xavier's sake, is that last year they had Ochefu. Right. Daryl Reynolds was their backup. They had more of an inside yeah. presence. Whereas this year, I don't think with just Daryl Reynolds and Eric Paschal. They have near the same pop that they did in the post yeah. last year. So I think for Xavier, that gives them a little bit better of a chance to stay with them. They're still really good on the I, glass, though. Exactly. I still don't think Xavier gets this one done. Funny thing is, if they get this one, they are tied in the loss column for first place in the Big East. After all the things that have gone on this year, from not playing well, from from not making free throws, to losing Edmund Sumner, you win this game on Saturday, you are tied for first place in that league. Well, and if you get this one, look. In the loss column. They're the third in the bracket matrix. They're the third sixth seed right now. That's Zabin. obviously after right. the Creighton, after right. the DePaul game. And I didn't look. No, is Nova the top top one, I believe? Yeah, they're the yeah. top. Yeah. They're one number one yeah. overall. Kansas is number two. Yeah. You beat Villanova. Seriously, like I mentioned this after the Creighton game, but in all seriousness, this is 100% real now. It's not me guessing. 
they're back up in that five, maybe right. even talking about a four type seeding range after beating Villanova. So this would be a huge win in terms of the resume, obviously. Again, I don't necessarily know if it's realistic. No, I would agree with that. I think their best shot beat Butler. Yeah, finish off. You beat yeah. Butler. You take care of business the rest of the way. And you're and a six. Yeah. Yep. Maybe a six. Seat. Maybe a maybe five. Maybe a five. Happens. But, but, and, and there's a but lot you of get areas. out of that seven Correct. to ten. Correct. One, two seed. Again, again, let me pod. just read some of these names off. We did it for UC. Let me read some of those names off that we're talking about in the five. We're talking about Butler, starting with the five seeds at UC. This is a good group, too, by the way. Butler, Duke, Purdue, Creighton, Maryland, South Carolina, St. Mary's are the other six seeds. Right. Five seeds. So. And you have, a, you've, you have a chance to get into that group. No question about it. You have a very good chance to get that group. Really quickly, we did mention it that they're going to um, unveil the, the top four seeds in each region on Saturday. It's kind of an early look-see. Um, any doubt of the, of the one seeds being Nova, Kansas, Gonzaga, and Baylor, or does Baylor slip out of that spot? And the question is, then, who do you put in? I would have said, said Carolina until they, they lost Duke, Duke yeah. and they lost to Duke. I don't I mean, think Louisville, you can't put above it. Florida State, you can't put there. I mean, who else can you put Could there? Could you put Florida State there? They're pretty t- I guess and right we're now. doing this Thursday before, or actually, I think as the Oregon-UCLA game is being played, yeah, I guess you could time. argue Oregon, if they go to UCLA and win, could be in the conversation. Yeah, I mean, Baylor's going to play TCU at home on Saturday. I don't know if that right. factors in. I guess that No, factors. I don't think it does. It doesn't. I think they're no, going to be they're doing it, no, yeah, they're doing it like one, or 11.30, yeah. 1.30. They're doing it early in the day. Okay. So... That being said, I don't think Baylor loses a okay. spot before then. Yeah, so I think those would be the one seeds. They're coming off a 72-69 win over Oklahoma State out of yep. Oklahoma State. Yeah, so. which is pretty pretty decent road win. Hey, real quickly, a shout-out to uh, one Beetle Bolden for, uh, for the Holmes product, local guy uh, playing for West Virginia, scoring 17 points and actually really keeping him in the game in the first half uh, in a win at Oklahoma. Kind of got a revenge see. win. It was great to see. Great to see. Fun for him. He was. I mean, because – who knows what's ahead and, right. and and if they're going to, you know, I mean, I think there was concern. Are they recruiting over him? Is he ever going to have a spot there? Yep. This at least was kind of that moment of he looks like he belongs. You know, you Maybe he'll have a chance going forward. You know what Hugs has had some success with? Shooters like him. Yeah. Williams and guys who aren't point guards yeah. playing the point basically. Um, if he, but but he's got to become that shooter. Yeah, and and he's he's done that in yeah. his career. That's what he that's what he's done best really. Right. But, um, but that, I, if he can fit in that role, I think he can find a spot for hugs. Absolutely. All right, real quickly, you got a final take, either one of you? Oh, absolutely. I All do. right, I love it. I knew you would. The Saint the Saint Louis bus driver. Can we get into this? Well, I mean, it's, a, know, it's a uniquely a ten experience. It was, maybe it was Dollar Beer Night where they were. How, how many times have you been at two point two? Me? Yeah. I'm this week. Either, I'm at either 0.3 or I'm at 4.5. <laughs> Is that your ACT? So, yes. I mean, your GPA or yep. your uh, yep. BCA? I, I, I either hit it out of the ballpark, son, or I'm... Chi-Chi's. Well over 2.2? 2. Uh, well, I when, think it's when a point you two use two. the restroom without opening You're your whatever, zipper, that's point a problem. Two two. Yeah, that's an, that's an when issue. You, when you pee your pants because oh, you well didn't unzip your zipper? Two. I wasn't driving that night, though. So, yeah, your wife threw you in the back of the car and left you in the driveway. That's that's a good point. <laughs> For those <laughs> who are living <laughs> under a rock, St. Yes. Louis's team lost at St. Bonaventure. Go outside to board and the bus. And they're bad, by the way. So, so it's a bad team losing a to an bad, awful team. team. Couldn't, couldn't happen to Just a nicer guy. Just want to get bus it, and go home. In, a, in an even we, worse city. Where's, got a, where's Only Fred? in New York. We got a lot of love for the Ford family, me and Rick. <laughs> yeah, we're huge fans of the Ford family. They go out to find their bus. Some drunk lady has been just getting crushed off of box wine for the last <laughs> two and a half hours. She takes off. 
leaves them, steals their bus, steals all their belongings. This is the bus driver. This is great. I saw this. Runs away. They're just hanging out. What would Rickman Rickman Jarris would have ordered a banquet dinner? Correct. Yeah. You know how they found her. Found her, right? Did you I hear that? It, yeah, because she's the only lady driving a bus, bus down drunk, the interstate, drunk, weaving they, in and out of traffic. They what did you, the. What do you mean? How can, did they find her, sir? Sir, can you describe the bus for us? <laughs> they they. It's pinged. got dopillikins all over the left side of it. Travis Ford's iPad was in the bus, and they pinged it, <laughs> and were able to find her Hold driving. On, are you being serious? Yes. Even this better. really needed to be happening. Amazing detective work there. Uh, yeah, they the Olean Police Department really doing their job. They couldn't find the giant speeding drunk lady <laughs> driving in the Go Billikens bus, but they were able to use 2017 technology to, to find the to head find coach's the iPad. That's great. That's incredible great. work by awesome that police stuff. department. Good final take. How about you, Brendel? You got anything to top I'm, that? I'm, no, I'm done. Okay. We want to thank the fine folks from Northern Kentucky University and BB&T Arena oh, for having way. us tonight. Yes. Beautiful facility. It is a beautiful facility. He mentioned uh, an important part, I think, for UC fans. Not met much signage in this building. There's a few banners, three banners, I think. There is the Horizon League teams up across the top on one sideline. That's really the only signage that you will notice. And UC will bring their own floor. So when the yeah, floor right. goes out, right. it bring can yours. very much look like the home of the Bearcats. There you go. We'll, we'll find that out here very shortly. There you go. Just had to do it. All right. Again, thanks to the folks from NKU. Thanks to John Brandon for joining us. We are back Monday to wrap up a big weekend of college basketball. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Here on local12.com, bearcatjournal.com, and musketeerreport.com.